I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. The effort to implement vaccine mandates and other requirements has been losing steam for a while now. Many Americans have returned to their pre-pandemic lives, full throttle. Masks? No thank you. Proofs of vaccination? Don't even go there. The public health crisis of the pandemic has been a political battle from the start, one that plays out in classrooms, workplaces, and other public spaces. Anti-COVID-19 vaccine activists have been vocal on those fronts. In California, much of their anger is directed toward Sacramento. Lawmakers have been debating major vaccine bills that would mandate or urge more people to get the COVID-19 vaccine. But pandemic fatigue, in particular pandemic political fatigue, has caused many of those bills to die in the legislature. And the people joining in on the pushback against vaccine bills aren't just Republicans or anti-vaccine activists anymore. Chronicle State Capitol reporter Dustin Gardner is here to explain why. He'll talk about the waning appetite for vaccine bills in Sacramento and what the political strategy for keeping people safe from COVID-19 looks like now. Dustin Gardner, thanks for joining me on Fifth Emission. Thanks for having me. So, Dustin, we know that vaccine mandates have been contentious from the start, Remind us, what has the journey for vaccine bills look like in the state legislature? What has the state taken as a position on vaccine mandates up until now? Well, before the pandemic, California was was pretty aggressive in passing a number of bills that tightened restrictions around vaccines, specifically vaccines that are required for kids to attend school. And then once the pandemic started, you know, lawmakers sort of took a step back and waited to watch as the vaccines were developed. And then last year, the buzz really started around bills that would require some different forms of vaccine mandates. And then at the start of this year, lawmakers kind of came out of the gate with a whole host of pretty aggressive vaccine bills, mandates for workplaces, um, removing a personal belief exemption for vaccines in schools. And so that really just put it front and center heading into this legislative session. And Governor Gavin Newsom at one point bragged that the state would be the first state to require the COVID vaccine in schools. And it's been such a political sticking point. How would you describe the tone now? Just from the get-go, there was a lot of opposition from different anti-vaccine groups, different parent groups to some of this push at the state level. And, you know, in the beginning, it was reserved to a lot of those activist groups, I would say sort of the more traditionally anti-vaccine groups. One of the things we've seen this year is that opposition has broadened in a lot of ways, that there have been more different types of parent groups that are coming out in opposition to some of these bills, and that just in general, maybe the appetite for having the discussion about vaccine mandates mandates, it seems to have dissipated. A lot of the lawmakers I've talked to said that there's just a level of pandemic fatigue and people don't necessarily want to have this debate. And, you know, the governor last fall, he announced that the state would have that mandate requiring vaccines for kids to attend schools in person. And, you know, at the time, the governor really did brag about that idea that we're the first state to have this requirement. And that originally was supposed to take effect this upcoming July for the next school year. And now the governor's administration has announced that that requirement will be delayed until at least July 1st, 2023. And that's in part because the vaccine hasn't been fully approved for all of the age groups of kids that are in school. But beyond that, too, the governor's administration has talked about how vaccine rates for children, especially children ages 5 to 11, are still very low, and that's a major concern for them. We all have some kind of pandemic fatigue, but 
For California lawmakers, I'm sure that looks different, especially if they're trying to pass some type of vaccine bill. What have they had to face? The anti-vaccine protesters have been a persistent presence at the California Capitol. And this isn't new. This has been going on for years. But it's definitely become a lot more intense, especially the last year. Legislators, their offices are in a building that's a couple blocks from the Capitol. And that's because part of the Capitol is being renovated right now. So they're having to walk a couple of blocks to get to this the Assembly and the Senate for their floor sessions. And a major concern for them was that they were frequently being accosted and heckled by protesters on the streets as they were making that walk from their offices to the Capitol. And that was happening basically on a daily basis for a lot of them. So that became a huge concern. A lot of their offices talked about just being inundated with nasty, harassing phone calls. A lot of them have faced harassment on the internet. So it's become a really persistent, serious problem at the Capitol and has kind of been looming over the session in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that would poke a hole in some of the ambition of some of these vaccine bills. Some of them have been dropped. What happened there? There's a slate of about a half dozen major vaccine bills, and there were two bills at the center of that slate. Um, One of them was dealing with workplaces, and it was a mandate requiring employers to make sure all of their workers had been vaccinated. That bill was shelved about a month ago, um, and that was due in large part to opposition from public safety unions, the firefighters, the prison guards. And then a second one dealt with vaccines in schools, and specifically, this bill would have removed the personal belief exemption for the COVID. COVID vaccine. The state does plan to eventually add the COVID vaccine to its required list of vaccines for children to attend schools. That has been delayed, like I said earlier, but um, there, there is still a personal belief exemption attached to that requirement. So when it does take effect, parents could exempt their kids by claiming they have a religious or political objection. And so this bill would have removed that. That bill was also shelved. And the main reason for that was because vaccination rates are so low for children. The vaccine rate for children ages 5 to 11 is currently about 35% in the state. And so a lot of the concern was that getting rid of that belief exemption just wasn't feasible when so few children in that age group are vaccinated. And there are still a few months left before the end of the California lawmakers 2021 session. What vaccine bills are still on the table now? Yeah, so there still are some significant bills. There's one that would make it easier for the state to investigate doctors who spread false information about COVID, including about vaccines. It would make it easier for the state medical board to discipline them and potentially take away their licenses. That's a huge one. There's another one that would require all healthcare providers to share vaccination records with the state registry. This is a registry that schools could access to see if students have been vaccinated. There's a lot of opposition to that one as well. So there are still a couple of major bills that are moving. But again, the biggest ones dealing with mandates, those have all been shelved. More with Dustin Gardner after a quick break. Why are some Democrats voting against vaccine bills? And how much of that $97 billion surplus in the state's budget will be spent on COVID-19 pandemic safety? We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Dustin, before the break, we talked about the vaccine bills that have been shelved and some that are still on the table. There's a vaccine work group in the state legislature. Oakland's Assemblymember Buffy Wicks is a part of it. What are their priorities now? 
The priorities are some of those bills that I mentioned, but there's a third one that's still moving as well. This is a bill by State Senator Scott Weiner, and it would allow teenagers ages 12 to 17 to get vaccines without their parents' consent or knowledge, actually. And it is required for most vaccines now that children in that age group have a parent's consent. And so we're hearing complaints from some teenagers who want to get the vaccine, but then they have a parent who doesn't believe in vaccines or has bought into conspiracy theories, and so they won't let them get that. So this bill would allow teenagers to have that right to get the vaccine without a parent's consent. But this one also faces a pretty tough path moving forward. Tell me more about how that bill made its way through the Senate. I understand that the votes didn't exactly fall cleanly along party lines. That bill, it was up in the state Senate last week, and it narrowly squeaked through just by a one vote margin. It got through the state Senate. It was a 21 to 8 vote. And to get a bill through the 40-member Senate, you need 21 votes for a majority. So this thing really, again, just squeaked through. And it was kind of shockingly close. Of course, Republicans spoke in opposition to it. But a lot of the quiet opposition came from several Democrats. Two Democrats voted against the bill. And then there were a half dozen other Democrats who just abstained who skipped the vote entirely. And that really just speaks to the fact that the hesitancy about these vaccine bills is not just coming from Republicans now. You have a fair number of Democrats in the legislature, some of them moderate Democrats, but also some of them progressive Democrats who are in new districts in some cases because of redistricting. They're facing elections this year in districts where they have new voters they haven't represented before. They're facing new pressures on some of these bills. And so we are just seeing kind of a new level of of concern about COVID safety bills in the legislature. So Democrats voting against a vaccine bill really kind of shows how complex the issue is of vaccines in Sacramento. Why would some Democrats vote against that? What's their strategy? There does seem to be a divide about just how aggressive the legislature is in pushing for vaccines. You know, the Democrats that voted against this bill, they all seem to support vaccines, but they're just concerned about the approach. And I had an interesting conversation with Melissa Hurtado, a state senator who represents uh, part of the Central Valley in the Fresno area. And she's a moderate Democrat. And, you know, she voted against that bill in the Senate dealing with parental consent for teenagers getting vaccines. And her concern is just really that she felt like pushing these sort of vaccine mandate votes, that it creates political polarization. And her concern is if people are already afraid of vaccines, if you're debating and voting on bills to require them to get vaccinated, that inherently stirs up more fears and It just adds to that kind of toxic political climate. So I think the approach from the Democrats who are not wanting to go this mandate route, they're saying the state should instead be focused on education, encouraging more people to get vaccinated, fighting disinformation, and improving access to vaccines. You know, I talked to some health advocates who talked about just the basic fact that a lot of pediatricians still don't have access to carry the COVID vaccine in their offices. And so parents who want to vaccinate their kids would have to make a separate appointment to take them to a vaccine clinic. So there's a lot of just access barriers that Democrats still want to face. Yeah. And there's just waning confidence in what a vaccine mandate actually achieves, it seems like. So what is sort of expected for the vaccine bills that are still on the table? Do we have an idea of how that might land? 
I think it's going to be a pretty tough road for those bills that are still out there. The one dealing with parental consent for teenagers getting vaccines, that now heads to the state assembly. I think it faces a pretty tough road there. Some of the others that I talked about dealing with disciplining doctors or uh, the vaccine registry for schools, those also have opposition, maybe not quite on the same level. If those bills dealing with mandates for businesses and the personal belief exemption for schools, if those bills had gone forward, there would probably have been a lot of protests and just kind of a lot of rancor and fanfare in Sacramento around that. So that kind of temperature has been taken down, but there still is going to be a lot of opposition to these other bills. For the lawmakers that were keen to see vaccine bills pass, what are they saying now? Because we know there is going to be more COVID waves coming in the future. What are they worried about? Yeah, they're disappointed. They're disappointed that things haven't gone better this year because the number of cases subsided after the Omicron wave over the winter. They feel like people sort of got this false sense of calm and this feeling that the pandemic was receding. And they're saying that that also fueled this movement away from vaccine bills in the legislature. And now they're concerned that if there are future waves of the virus over the summer, maybe in the fall into the winter, that the state might not be as prepared as it could have been. Mm -hmm. And then some of them said maybe at that point, that's when lawmakers come back and revisit some sort of vaccine requirements. One of the legislators I talked to is State Senator Richard Pan. He's a pediatrician who's kind of been at the forefront of this debate over vaccine bills. Even before the pandemic, he was probably the most outspoken legislator on this. And he feels like the extremists who have promoted vaccine disinformation have been allowed to suck up too much of the conversation. One of the things he said to me is he said, the question is how many people are we willing to allow to be disabled or die before we say enough is enough? And Mm -hmm. really, so the fear for him is that there is going to be a second wave and the state just won't be as prepared as it could have been. Mm -hmm. So, Dustin, last Friday, the big headline in Sacramento was that Governor Gavin Newsom announced a record $97.5 billion surplus. That's a mind-boggling amount of money. Is the state going to commit to spending some of that on keeping people safe from COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, it really is an astounding surplus. I mean, the biggest in history ever for any state, nothing even close in California or or any other state before this. But the thing that really sort of surprised me watching the governor's budget presentation and reading through his budget was just how much of the focus wasn't on the pandemic anymore. In past budget years, really, that was kind of the centerpiece of his budget presentation. COVID was mentioned a lot, but it was more in the sense of his spending to help people deal with and inflation and the economic Mm -hmm. harms of COVID, whether it's high gas prices or supply shortages, people who are behind on rent, people who are behind on their utility bills. That was a lot of the focus. I will say, however, that there is some COVID money. For example, the governor is calling for $1,500 bonuses for healthcare workers and nursing home workers that have, you know, really worked hard during the pandemic. So that's in there. There's also a section that has $1.1 billion for COVID testing and other relief programs to sort of continue the work the state has already been doing. But just big picture, I would say it seems like the emphasis was a lot more on inflation and the economic harms of the pandemic than really fighting the pandemic itself. Mm. Dustin, always appreciate your reporting. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for having me. 
Dustin Gardner covers the state capitol for The Chronicle. His story about vaccine bills in the California legislature is online now at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to Karen Creighton for editing this episode and to you for listening.